I love camping. How many of you love camping? Yeah? Number of you enjoy it, depending on the mode of camping, maybe tenting versus RV. Um, sadly, I haven't gone to go camping this summer. Um, but maybe you've gone to go camping. The camping part is fun. What's less fun is the packing part. Life has taught me that I need to make a list when I start packing. I have to think about what we will be doing and where we will be going and what we will need for the things we will do. But oftentimes I wish we could just skip that whole part and just hit the road. But if I do skip that thinking part, regret will meet me at the end of the road. We'll go to the beach and realize we forgot the umbrella. It would be very bad for me. I'd turn into a lobster. Um, I'll go to charge my phone and realize that we forgot our battery packs. And, you know, it's funny. I was, my mom texted me earlier this week after I had written and prepared what I was going to share with you this morning. Because my parents went camping this weekend. And, they, and she said, you know what we forgot? Our pillows. <laughs> so they had to go to Ocean State Job Lot and, and buy new pillows. I, I got such a kick out of, out of that. Um, our camping trip will be filled with frustration, disappointment, and unexpected expense when we don't take account of what we will need for the road. We'll find that our thoughtlessness has cost us some of our enjoyment. Vision Sunday is not so different than preparing for a camping trip. We're anticipating where we're going, what we will be doing, and what we will need for us to thrive in the year ahead. Of course, our church is far more important than a mere camping trip. Each one of us has been joined to something bigger than ourselves. God has an eternal plan and purpose to fulfill here in situate. I want to say that again. God has an eternal purpose and plan to fulfill here in situate. And he's invited us to participate in that. He has things that he plans to do through Rockland Community Church. And we are responsible to step up to the task. Now the truth is, is that all of us who are gathered here, all of us who are members of this church body, are only here because of those who stepped up before us. Those who answered the call to advance the gospel and to make disciples. Maybe you were discipled by someone in the church, maybe it was someone in your home, but in all sorts of really interested, interesting, intricate ways, it's all interconnected through the life of the church. And it's incredible to consider how long this has been going on just 
in, this own, in our own local body here. This is our 180th year of being in existence as a church. And God works from small beginnings, and I think it's important for us to remember that when we start to get discouraged or disappointed. Um, on my desk, right in front of my desk, I keep this picture. It's a postcard of our church early on. And so sometimes when I think, like, oh, we're kind of small, you know, what could we do? I look back, it's like, we were very small <laughs> in the beginning. And yet God was faithful. And he worked through the people who offered themselves as his servants. And so I keep that picture there to remind me of that. Earlier this summer, um, when I was visiting Rhoda, it was actually the last time I got to visit with her, um, we were talking about the future of the church. And she was saying how much she wished she could be around to see uh, what we were going to all go and do together as a church body. And we talked about the moment that we're living through together a moment in which the torch is being passed from one generation to the next. Rhoda and so many of our other older brothers and sisters have finished their race. And now it comes to us to run the race. And I'm reminded of the scripture found in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. Talking, thinking about passing on the torch and running on the race. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and in this context, in Hebrews 11, they've just talked about all the Old Testament saints who have preceded Christ and his disciples. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So we ask, what does this look like at RCC in situate in 2022? Well, I think as the writer of Hebrews suggests, it all begins by looking to Christ. And when we look at Jesus, we also see the bigger picture, the bigger picture of God's work of redemption in which he is central. And by taking in this entire scene, we're able to learn our own place in God's work of redemption. So some of these images are familiar too because we've gone over this uh, before. And so I'm not going to go through each step in as much detail as I did last August. But I think this is a good snapshot of kind of the history of mankind and God's purposes for mankind. So God created our earth. He created it. It's perfectly good. And he placed mankind in it to steward it, to act as governors in the creation to serve as his priests in the creation. 
And so he placed us in the Garden of Eden. But we decided that wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough for us to just be creatures of God. We wanted to be gods ourselves. And so we bought into the lie of the devil, the lie of the serpent. And we rebelled. And that brought sin into the world and all the brokenness that we experienced. We were cast out of the garden into the chaos of the wilderness. And so the whole story of the Old Testament really charts out all the consequences that we see testified to by the actions of Adam and Eve early in Genesis. And we followed in their footsteps. All of us, by our actions, indicate that we're more interested in being gods of our own making rather than the children of God. And even though God gave the people of Israel a perfect law, and he was with them, they too still rebelled because their hearts were broken. Their hearts were sinful. What God was demonstrating all throughout is that we were, we were unable to save ourselves. And that what human beings really need is transformation from the inside out. We need deliverance from ourselves. And so God made a way for us to be saved by sending His only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is the Son of God, who has been there in the beginning with God from all time, He took on human flesh and became fully human in order that He might deliver us from our sins. And so God sent His Son. He lived, Jesus lived the life that we were all supposed to live and failed to. And to punctuate a perfect life of obedience, He offered Himself in accordance with the will of the Father, a will that He Himself shared. He offered Himself on the cross in order to kill that rebellious crack in the human heart. And to make amends for the wrong that we had done by offering himself as the perfect sacrifice. And so he died. But that wasn't the end. He rose from the dead. And so he conquered both the power of sin because he was perfectly obedient and the power of death because death could not hold him down. And so... Being raised from the dead, he announces that new life is able to be found in him. If, those, if anyone would just believe in him. And he was anticipating this. You think about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what Jesus said. He says, just believe in me. And then he provided the proof in the pudding, through his death and resurrection. And what's so interesting is that he didn't just leave this as just kind of an abstract belief that you know, people could just learn about this idea and believe, but that by believing in him, we are actually joined to Jesus Christ and we're made part of this family of God. We're made members of the body of Jesus Christ, and we are joined to the mission of Christ and bringing God's work of redemption to the world. And this is what we see Jesus do. 
He says in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now what that's all really getting at is it's putting us kind of in the passenger seat, right alongside Christ, and restoring us back to our original purpose, which is to know God and to make God known. God created us to be in relationship with Him and also to make Him known to all creation. I'm having some difficulty proceeding the slides. If you can go to that slide, Emily. Sure. Our purpose to know God and to make God known. And so we ask, you know, where are we currently in God's work of redemption? We're at the point of commission. So Christ has come, and now he has sent the church into the world. Not that the world would be saved through the church, but that we are bringing, we are kind of the, the heralds, the messengers of the new life that is to come. And when people come into the church, they should have a taste, they should get a taste of eternity, of the kingdom that is coming. So we're going, we're bringing the new life which Christ has, has introduced as we wait for Christ's return and the new creation which is to come. So our purpose is to go forward, to, make, to know God, to make God known, and that's actually practically manifested as we make disciples. That's our mission. It's to make disciples. And that entails a whole bunch of things, but if you're just going to make it simple, it's like that's what we're supposed to be doing. And if we're not doing that, then we fundamentally missed our very purpose as a church. Because as we make disciples, what we're doing is increasing the worship of God, which is getting back to our original created purpose as human beings, as his image bearers, to bring glory to God. So, that's our mission. But what does discipleship look like at Rockland Community Church? So last year, we kind of conceived of discipleship as a pyramid. And some of you have received the new bookmarks that I handed out. And if you don't get that, you can get it at the back table afterwards. Um, We conceived of discipleship as a pyramid, and we broke it down to four different levels. You had worship and community life, small groups, covenant groups, and crucial studies. So how did we do in actually um, kind of working through this pyramid and uh, putting this process into place? Well, in September, you'll remember, we launched kind of our process. We launched small groups, and we did a couple of crucial studies classes, work as worship, Uh, Chris led that class. I did the Disciple Life class. Um, And then you'll remember, like, right around Thanksgiving and into, like, Christmas time, there was that whole COVID surge, um, which definitely wasn't helpful um, and kind of slowed down our progress, I think. Um, 
I was encouraged, though, that um, in December we did manage to go back out and do our Christmas caroling, which um, kind of falls in line of a big part of our discipleship process is going out into the community and blessing our neighbors. So we did that, um, which is great. Um, we did a coat drive as well. And then in the winter and spring, we pivoted to focus really on small groups rather than the crucial studies classes because what I was finding in the fall was that a lot of people were just choosing between one or the other. And kind of how we're envisioning this process working is in a complementary sort of way. Believing that you know, if you go to a class, that that's not going to offer you all that a small group would offer. Just as if you only went to those things, you wouldn't get what coming to the Sunday worship service has to offer. All of these things are supposed to be held together as a, a complementary process of discipleship. Um, we also did the Easter outreach, which I, I think we made some real um, great progress in outreach in the past year. Um, so this is, this is what we went into the fall of last year with, these four different levels. Um, we're going to be continuing to use this kind of um, conceptual image of a pyramid, but now we're going to be simplifying it. And um, we kind of came to this realization that we ought to simplify it after um, I met with Jody and Sarah to talk about our small groups and uh, realizing that the covenant group level um, wasn't really necessary to have it as its own distinct level, but that we could actually take a lot of the aims that we had for those groups and integrate them into what we were doing already with our small groups. So I'm going to get into a little bit of that um, as far as what that looks like in small groups as we go on. But now, as you conceive of the pyramid, you can just think of it as just three simple levels. Worship and community life, small groups, and crucial studies. And that's why I gave you new bookmarks. That's not the only change. I changed some, some other little details on there. But that's the basic thing. Now you just think of these three different levels. Um, so when we look at worship and community life, that, that, that we're engaging in that level when we come together on a Sunday morning. And that's just kind of the basics. We need to gather together as the body of Christ, first of all, to glorify God. If we're not interested in the worship of God, then um, we've really missed the whole point. Because then what we're only really interested in is our own comfort and satisfaction and convenience. And so it's really important for us to be here on a Sunday morning. It's also important for us to be able to be with each other outside of the frame of a Sunday morning as well. Um, getting together for men's and women's nights, work days, movie nights, other things like that that help create community. Um, instead of it just kind of being passing relationships where, you, okay, we get together for an hour on a Sunday morning, high bye kind of thing. We're supposed to be a church family. We're called for something deeper than 
something so transitory as that. Now, oops, oops, oops. Sorry. So, from the worshiping community life layer, we're able to work towards leading people into small groups. So as people come here on a Sunday morning, as they get involved in other aspects, we can invite them and say, hey, how about you join a small group? And the great thing about the small groups is that they're not like a Bible study course where if you're not there at the beginning, you can't join later on. Because, of course, we're going to have new people hopefully coming like in November or February or, or whatnot. People don't come exactly when you want them to come at the very beginning. And so the great thing about small groups is that people can join them at any time. And, um, and what the small groups are, are focused on is developing our personal growth and also developing our understanding of our purpose and mission as disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, and we cover that in three basic areas. Um, we work on character qualities, um, skills and knowledge, and also culture and conviction uh, of those who are disciples of Jesus Christ. To try to, to, try to realize um, some well-rounded development. Um, but the, in the personal growth area, this is where we're really kind of integrating more of the covenant group process. We're going to be digging in a little bit deeper and, and creating opportunities for uh, people to share about the areas in which they're struggling, um, how they're doing in their devotional life, and um, receiving the encouragement and accountability to keep moving forward. Um, So from these small groups, we also have accountability and encouragement to get involved in crucial studies. And crucial studies is a really kind of broad heading for a number of, of things. Um, it covers classes, it covers um, seminars, and it covers our library as well. And we're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty details about that in just a second. But the ultimate outcome of our crucial studies is that you would develop a stronger witness so that you'd be able to share your faith more effectively, that you'd develop a stronger faith so that you would feel closer to God in your understanding of him. And it, it requires some commitment and intention. And that's pretty standard for anything if you're gonna, that you want to grow in. If you... If you want to grow, you have to learn. You have to make some commitment to it. You can't just expect things to just happen haphazardly. So Crucial Studies is kind of you taking that personal commitment. I'm going to learn something that I don't know about yet. Um, I'm going to grow in an area that maybe I'm weak in. And the ultimate outcome of all of this, as we're developing disciples, is that they would become Christian leaders. Now, that doesn't mean that you're on the board necessarily. Um, that you become a deacon or a trustee or any of that. What that means is that in whatever sphere God has placed you, you are prepared to lead others in the way of Jesus Christ, whether that be in your home or in your workplace or in the church. So when you think about 
going from that worship community life level into small groups and crucial studies, what we're really calling everyone to is to begin an intentional step in their discipleship and in discipling others. Because the Sunday morning is certainly part of this work of discipleship because, as, we've, as I've said, it's all part of a complementary process. Um, but to go further, we need that intentionality. So we've got those three lo- levels, crucial studies, small groups, worship, and community life. And if we're missing part of that, if we're missing one of those things, there's going to be gaps and weaknesses in our development of disciples, in our personal development and the development of others. And so we really need all those together as a whole. Um, So what to expect from small groups in the upcoming year? And this is where we're getting a lot of new information. So definitely want to pay attention, maybe make some notes if you have pen and paper. Um, But I'll be sending an email about some of these things as well. So small groups, they're going to continue meeting twice a month. Um, But they're going to be meeting opposite weeks for men and women. And the reason why we've made this change is because we wanted to enable couples, um, especially parents, greater ability to get involved in these groups without it being a huge burden on their family. And Sarah and I experienced this firsthand uh, when we were doing both men's and women's groups on the same week. Um, They had a women's group on Monday night. We had a men's group on Tuesday night. It was kind of a lot back to back. Um, And so we're going to be setting them on opposite weeks. And so those groups meet every other week. Um, The groups that we formed, uh, we've got the the two women's groups that we're meeting on Mondays are going to be continuing to meet at their times of 10.30 and 6.30 p.m. Um, We've also formed two men's groups. Um, We have a men's group that's going to be meeting on Tuesdays at 5.30 p.m. and then another men's group meeting on Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. So because they're going to be on opposite weeks, there's different starting dates for them. The women are going to be starting on on the week of September 11th. The men are going to be starting on the week of September 18th. So another change um, in small groups is that rather than doing a different topic each time we meet, instead what we'll be doing is a different topic for every two meetings, basically one topic for each month. And the first meeting is going to be spent uh, exploring the topic, looking at what the Bible has to say, and um, digging into some of the resources that I'll be providing for you. Um, And then the second meeting is going to be focusing more on personal application. So how are you doing in this area? Say we're talking about humility. How are you actually doing and growing in humility? If we're talking about gospel articulation, how are you doing in actually sharing the gospel with those in your life? Um, And then just also including just some areas of general growth, kind of giving you an opportunity to share areas um, in which you you might want some encouragement in. Um, Also, um, we're going to keep doing our mission projects each quarter for the small groups. And 
um, to kind of help with that, we're going to be having the missions committee um, providing um, some opportunities for our groups. In the past year, it was kind of left to the groups to figure out something, and we found that that was kind of burdensome for the groups to try to come up with something. So for the missions committee, they're going to be trying to come up with some bigger opportunities that could involve multiple groups getting involved with that. And, um, and it will be open to everyone in the church, even if you're not involved um, in one of our small groups. But we'll make that um, known to everyone. Um, so what you can anticipate, if we're starting in like the middle of, of September, the groups are going to run to early December. So you're looking at about six meetings, six regular meetings, and then one of the other weeks will be for a mission project. So that's small groups. For crucial studies, um, some really big significant changes here. So before we would try to offer a weekly class, we had a whole page on our website with all these different classes that we offered. Um, and at this point, um, we've decided that we really need to move in a new direction. The reason being is that, you know, as I've taught these classes in, in the past, um, I found that a pretty small percentage of the congregation gets involved in them. And then over time, you see a lot of people drop off until it's like half the class that you started with. And so um, in the upcoming year, what we're going to be offering is Sunday school for adults and children. Um, but the Sunday school classes are going to be offer offered after the service um, from 11.15 a.m. to 12 p.m. So as far as our worship service goes, we're planning to go from 10 to 11 and trying to end at 11 a.m. so that we have about 15 minutes in between so that people can fellowship with each other and um, transition into these, into these classes. Um, for those who have children during the service, we're going to continue making the praise packs available. And we've also updated, um, you probably saw the slide before the service, we've updated our family room slash church study over there and the nursery downstairs with Bluetooth audio. So if you have a kid during the service and they're getting real crazy, you can go in there, um, you can listen to the service. We'll have things in there for the, the real little ones uh, to keep them content. Um, but for this class, for the kind of the first class that we're going to be offering for the adults is um, something we're calling Sermon Circle. And what this is going to be is a time after, after the service and when we're going to be digging more deeply into the biblical content of the sermon. Maybe looking at some passages related to it that we didn't, that I didn't have time to go into as much depth um, during the time of the sermon. Um, kind of asking some practical questions about life application. It's also going to be an opportunity for you to ask questions that maybe occurred to you during the sermon that maybe like you think about it and then you head out to the car and maybe by the time you get home you like you've kind of forgotten about it but you kind of wanted an answer for. Um, so that's again that's going to be happening from 11:15 to 12, and when it, when the, the clock strikes 12, we're going to end then, sharp. We have a little buzzer bell over here. I'll actually ring it so you can get a sense of what it sounds like. You can hear it. So when it's 12 p.m., we'll hit that, 
children's classes will end, adult classes will end. Um, so that way you can kind of count on when you will be getting out of church because we understand, okay, we're pushing it out 45 minutes. Um, but we wanted to kind of give you a reliable end time so you could kind of plan out the rest of your day. The last Sunday of each month, we're going to be setting aside for group prayer. And that's going to run from 11.15 to 11.30. So 15 minutes of prayer. And um, we're going to have the kids do this in their classrooms with their teachers. And for adults, um, we'll get some chairs together, make some circles in the back. And we'll identify beforehand maybe one or two things that all the groups will be praying for. But this is an opportunity for you to share personally um, maybe some things that you would like prayer for. Um, this is something that we really wanted to get back to in some way because before we used to just share all the needs um, kind of congregationally um, during the service. But then because of COVID, we pulled back from that. Um, but we're hoping that this will be a real personal way to get everyone really involved um, with prayer instead of it feeling like just kind of an upfront sort of thing. Um, so Sunday school is part of crucial studies. Like that's a crucial studies option. Seminar, monthly seminars are a crucial study option. And as we go through these things, I don't want you to think like you have to do all of these things. The idea is that these are avenues for you to go down as far as crucial studies go. So we're going to begin offering some monthly seminars as well. Um, kind of with the hope, as I said before, you know, when we offered classes during the week, it was tough to keep that consistency week after week. Um, so with just kind of a one-off seminar, um, we're hoping we can get some more engagement from the congregation. Um, we're going to be covering different uh, subject areas, Old Testament, New Testament, theology, and also skills for life and faith. Um, the first seminar that we're going to be offering is actually through MTI. We're just going to use, use that as kind of our seminar for September. Um, that's going to be on September 30th. And there's a sign up in the back for that. Um, totally free. Goes from 6:30 p.m. to 8:30 p.m. That's a Friday, September 30th, and then the next one that we're going to be offering is going to be in November. Just because I'm going to try to keep these at like more of the beginning of the month, and so October was going to be too soon to try to offer another one. Um, so we'll be offering kind of one of our own making at the beginning of November. Um, and what I hope to do is we can host these seminars here at Rockland Community Church, but we could also host them out in the public, perhaps at the library. Um, we've shown uh, the Case for Christ before over at the library, and we had a pretty good turnout. It was like 25 people. Um, I was kind of inspired to kind of look at this just because I've seen um, other groups in our community do kind of seminars like this, like, the Preservation Society did a presentation on the chestnut tree or something. And I looked over at the Grange, and there was like a ton of people out for this presentation about, a about the chestnut tree. So I was, I was thinking, you know, why not, you know, we want to serve our people, but why not also use these seminars as an opportunity for outreach to others, to others who might want to learn more about Christianity but might feel uncomfortable stepping into a church building where you know, they're not familiar with anyone there. Um, 
and the last part, which is actually remaining the same, is we're going to continue um, curating our crucial studies library, which you can see over there in the back corner, and our right now media resources, which you have, if you don't have access to right now media, you can use the QR code back there, or you can message me, and I'll get you plugged into that. Now, right now media is a really great resource. They've got, um, besides kids content, they've got like a bunch of kids shows, which are really awesome. For adults, they've got all these different studies, and um, they have seminars on there too, like conference seminars. And the great thing with Right Now Media, I, I think this is kind of one of the greatest parts of it, is that you can listen to these Bible studies um, in an audio-only setting. So as you're going down the road, as you're working around your lawn or something, you could just have headphones on and be listening to one of these Bible studies. Um, and we felt be, like being able to offer this library and also right now media was kind of important because we understand that there's some of you who just have like extraordinarily crazy lives just based on your work schedule. And because we are a small church, it's impossible for us to perfectly accommodate everybody. Um, and so if you're finding yourself like, gee, I can't make it to this, to, to some class or to some seminar, we really want to encourage you to do this. Take advantage of this resource. It's, it's, it's free and open to anybody. Um, what I wanted to kind of give you is kind of a visual of what um, kind of the average calendar would look like for someone involved in our discipleship process, kind of envisioning it as a couple in our church, call them Rocky and Roxanne. Um, so if Rocky's the blue and Roxanne's the purplish magenta kind of thing. Um, you see, Rocky's got two meetings, two small group meetings. On the Sundays, maybe he's going to the Sunday school class. Um, and then maybe Rocky also wants to go to the seminar. He doesn't have to go to the seminar. He's going to the Sunday school class. That's great. But maybe he also wants to do that. So he's going to a group one week, a group another week, and then the seminar. So three things out of the month. Um, now you'll notice, though, for Roxanne, she's got the seminar and her small group on the same week. Kind of a busy week. But what I'm going to try to do month to month is try to be sensitive to that so that both men and women have equal opportunities if trying to do two things during the week is too much um, so that everyone has an kind of equal opportunity to make it out to a seminar if they want to make it out to it. Um, now, this doesn't take into account some of the community life things. You know, if you're a member of the board, yes, you'll have board meetings and um, maybe we'll have a men's night or something like this. But as far as, like, your discipleship commitment goes, this is what it looks like. Maybe your Sunday mornings or, or maybe just the seminar and then your two um, small group meetings. Pretty manageable, pretty manageable. Um, and the other thing that... Um, we want and need to do is also take some times for rest. Um, don't want to wear people out. Um, kind of want to work within the flow of the seasons. And so um, all, all classes, all small groups and classes um, will begin, be on Christmas break um, starting from December 11th going through January 1st. Um, there's going to be a two-week break in April, 
And then as you're very much familiar with, in July and August, um, we take a pretty solid break, no small groups or classes. So how can you respond to this? Um, I think this is probably one of the more important slides because um, you know, in my years being here, Pastor Scott and I, we talked a lot about discipleship and how people need to be making disciples. And then you could kind of feel afterwards, like we're calling you all to do this, and you're like, well, okay, so what do I need to do? Um, and there's kind of like this question mark there. Um, well, this is the answer to that question mark. And this is how you can answer the call to getting involved in the process of discipleship. Um, sign up for a small group. Um, we've got on the back table there, like in the back corner, um, a table, and it's got all the small groups laid out. I already went ahead and filled in a bunch of the names of people that I know are already involved who, or who said that they were going to be involved. So if men, if you were at our small group, uh, not a small group, our men's night the other week, um, I put, and you said that you were going to be able to do a night, I've put your name down there. Um, but sign up for that. Um, if for some reason you don't, and you miss those dates, don't worry about it. You can get involved, but it'd be really great if you, got, if you went ahead and committed to doing that, especially because um, we can get a sense of the days that are working or if days aren't working, if we need to offer um, maybe some other days for meeting as well. Um, you can use our website to do that. We've got those QR codes in the pews, um, but the sign-up uh, on the back is probably the easiest thing to do. Um, stick around for the adult Sunday school after service. Uh, we're going to be starting that up on September 11th, and uh, there's no sign-up needed because everything that we're going to be doing is just going to be based off of the sermon, and every, anyone's welcome uh, to join us. So just kind of keep that in your mind as September 11th comes. Um, and then for the monthly seminars, sign up for the MTI seminar back there, um, save the dates for the upcoming ones, and consider inviting a friend. Is every seminar going to be a good fit for maybe someone you know? Um, probably not. Um, but there'll be ones that you, you might think, like, they might be interested in this. And this might just be the doorway to get them into contact with Christ. And especially, I think, as we're doing it in public venues, it really kind of lowers the bar in terms of like this being a really big, intimidating thing. So keep that in mind. Um, it's important for us to remember the driving force behind all of this. It's the reality that God has created us to know him and to make him known. Now, as a local church, we're putting all of these things in place so that we can realize our purpose together. It's time for us to take up the torch. It's our time to run the race. Now is the time to take the gospel to the town of Situate, to the state of Rhode Island, and unto the ends of the earth. And so only one question remains. Will you respond? Will you carry forward the mission that our ancestors began a hundred years ago, and which began nearly 2,000 years ago when Christ sent his disciples into the world? Let's pray that we will.
Let's pray. Dear Father, we offer ourselves as your servants. Father, we ask that you would help us, that you would help fix our eyes on Christ, so that you would run the so that we would run the race that you've set before us. Give us a passion and zeal, Father, to make disciples, to lead others to Christ, to be active members of this local body of believers, Father, believing that you have an eternal purpose for us here. Father, help us to sense the utter privilege and honor that we have to be able to participate in your plan of redemption. Father, I pray that as far as all the practical details go and kind of working all these things out, that your hand of grace would be upon us as we seek your will and seek to glorify you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hey there, Pastor Tom here. I hope you enjoyed this sermon I offer to Rockland Community Church. Rockland Community Church is located at 212 Rockland Road in North Scituate, Rhode Island, just around the bend from Scituate Public High School. We invite you to join us in person or virtually this Sunday as we continue our series through the Gospel of Matthew. It's our joy to welcome you into our community.